0: Welcome into Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we'll preview the Phillies series with the Seattle Mariners that starts tonight. Team you don't see all that often. Well, they've been struggling lately. So it's an opportunity for the Philadelphia Phillies to not only get above 500, but possibly win their third straight series in a row. And we'll talk about who the big performers need to be for the fightings in order to do that. All of that on today's Locked On Phillies. Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member, second straight year as your host of Locked On Phillies, hopefully many more to come. Thank you so much for tuning in. Locked On Phillies, of course, you know it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Subscribe to the YouTube. We've had a good bump in subscribers this month, so I appreciate everyone who's jumping on the bandwagon. If you have not yet, make sure you're doing it. I was just talking to someone at work today over at 97.5 The Fanatic at my uh, my full-time job over there. And they were telling me they get notifications every morning about Locked On Phillies new episodes and everything like that. So uh, they're saying, cool. It always gets them in the mood to uh, talk a little bit of Phillies or hear a little bit of uh, Phillies talk and gets them ready for games and gets them through off days. So go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube. You could be like that person as well and get all the notifications you need so you don't miss a second of Locked On Phillies. But uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today, the Philadelphia Phillies, they start a series with the Seattle Mariners. The game, of course, first game tonight is at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time between the Phillies and the Mariners. Uh, you can hear every pitch of the hometown broadcast of the Philadelphia Phillies and Seattle Mariners game on the SiriusXM app. Just go ahead and uh, type in, SX, go to the SXM app and just search Phillies. So you can go ahead and check that all out on Sirius. So uh, that's a good way to go ahead and uh, catch up with the game. Check out our friends over there on Sirius. And should be a good one tonight. Let's start with uh, game one of the series. It's a three-game set in Philadelphia. The weather looks to be a little bit questionable for the back end of the series. So we'll see if they'll get it in. Not exactly warm out. A little bit windy today here in Philly. So we'll see how the ball travels. I don't know what the offense is going to be. But a very interesting pitching matchup. In game one. So, Bailey Falter goes for the Phillies. He's 0 3 this year, but he actually hasn't been that bad. A 4 5 ERA, a 1 1 8 whip in 22 innings, even this year for the Phillies. He's kind of gotten hosed a couple times. Bailey Falter's been good enough to deserve a win or two on that record, but uh, just hasn't come for him. So, maybe he's due for a, a day of run support for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, tonight against the Seattle Mariners, but they're facing off against Logan Gilbert. So, when you look at Logan Gilbert's resume, it's not anything crazy. He's only got 60 career major league innings. He's one and one on the year. 25-year-old righty, big guy, 6'6. But when you look at his numbers this year and the four starts he's made this season, now he's listed his record is one and one. The Mariners are two and two in his start. So you say, okay, an average pitcher, young guy, working some stuff out. I don't know. I look at these numbers and I say 357 ERA. That's pretty good. A 1.01 whip. That's pretty good. 28 strikeouts and just over 22 innings pitched. That's pretty darn good. And I look at his starts on the season. Well, his wins came in. Well, the wins for the team, the wins for the Mariners in games that he started came in a 5-2 win against the Chicago Cubs, a 5-3 win against the Cleveland Guardians. His losses, the losses that the team took a 6-5 11th inning loss the Milwaukee Brewers and a two to nothing loss to the Cleveland guardians. So he's been pretty darn good in all of those. He's gone six innings or more in three of his four starts. He's gone six strikeouts or more in four of his four starts, Uh, eight, seven, six and seven looking backwards at the strikeout totals. I mean, he's only walked four batters all year. He's not going to walk a lot of guys. He's going to strike some out. He's only allowed three home runs. Uh, He's allowed nine earned runs and he's looking like he's having a pretty good start to the season. So Logan Gilbert, you're going to see him tonight. You're going to remember the name. We're in number 36 for the Seattle Mariners. Pretty good start to the year. He's a guy to keep an eye on for the Philadelphia Phillies to see how they're going to do. Now right-handed pitcher, though. So that plays well. The Phillies hit better against righties than they do against lefties. So good opportunity there in game one. The analytics predictor. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, tonight's matchup. Uh, and everything specifically with game one before we get into the other games. But the matchup predictor for tonight, ESPN Analytics, has the Phillies 48.6% chance to win. That gives the Mariners 51.4% chance to win. So looking at a situation where the Mariners, uh, they're slightly favored in this one, probably because of the pitching matchup, but should be a good game. Uh, Now there's two more games in the series. They'll play tomorrow at 640. That's a Wednesday evening game, which will have Taiwan Walker facing off against Marco Gonzalez. And uh, the Phillies have a strong chance to win that one because of the better pitching matchup for the Phillies. Taiwan Walker more proven than uh, uh, what you've seen from Marco Gonzalez in his career. Who's, I mean, he's got uh, 860 career innings pitched, but you're not really looking at a guy who's been incredible for the past couple seasons. Uh, pretty good start this year: three seven eight ERA with a one three two WHIP. But he's not a guy that's going to be like an ace anywhere. Uh, And then in the series finale, which you have a 105 Thursday game, a little business person special, Matt Strom will take the mound for the Phillies, George Kirby for the Seattle Mariners. So uh, this is a good opportunity. This is why I love the interleague and the play every team type of setups, because you don't see the Mariners very often. American League West team that doesn't often travel over here. I know the Phillies played them last year, but that was kind of a rare circumstance. Now you get to see all these teams because every team plays every team for uh, at least a series. Or maybe is it at least a series or is it a home and away? I think it's just one series. Anyway, every team plays every team in Major League Baseball this year as part of the new scheduling rules. So even though you saw Seattle last year, you get to see some of these pitchers that you may not be familiar with that have hung out in the American League for their whole career or young up-and-comers that if you're a fan of, I don't know. Give me a random American League West team. If you're a fan of the Los Angeles Angels, you know a lot more about the uh, the Seattle Mariners. But we don't get that opportunity uh, here as Phillies fans. So it's cool to be able to see that and see what's uh, what's going on over there with Seattle. So it'll be a fun matchup. Now, let's talk a little bit about the players who you need to watch in this series in general. And uh, we'll start with just the guys for the Phillies, the leaders. And then I'll tell you my breakout players for the series. But Kyle Schwarber has five home runs. He's leading the Phillies. Brandon Marsh batting 364. we We'll talk more about him coming up. There you go. A little idea of where I'm going from breakout player. But Brandon Marsh is batting 364, He's leading the Phillies in average. Alec Bohm, 18 RBIs, leads the team for that. Uh, Alec Bohm is uh, leading the series in RBIs because Eugenio Suarez is the leader for the Mariners. He only has 15. So three more RBIs for Boehm than Suarez. Uh, Jared Kalanick is leading their team in average, the Seattle Mariners being their team, 319 as opposed to Marsh's 364. So Marsh hitting almost 50 points better. Kalanick also leading the team in home runs, though. He's the guy to really watch out for. He's got six, one more than Kyle Schwarber. So uh, that's Jared Kalanick playing left field for the Seattle Mariners. He's a guy that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to have to avoid. Also, his average in away games, 455. Three home runs away uh, from the home ballpark there in Seattle. Five RBIs away, 520 OBP. I mean, this guy's pretty darn good on the road. Uh, It's early in the season, small sample size, but Kalenick's the guy you're going to want to watch out for. If you're the Philadelphia Phillies and you say, who can't beat us in this series, that's the guy. Coming up, I'll tell you who that guy is for the Philadelphia Phillies, and we'll also talk about, a little bit of a preview of the series from the offensive perspective for the Philadelphia Phillies, who seems to be ready to break out. Well, we'll break it down next on the next segment of Locked On Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my new friends, our new friends here at Locked On, over at BetterHelp. Okay, BetterHelp's absolutely awesome. It's a it's a very very important opportunity for people out there. Love what they're doing over at BetterHelp. Listen, therapies become a mainstream. It's become a regular part of a lot of people's lives. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, not therapy, therapy, say the word right, Connor, give better help a try. Maybe you're hard on yourself like that when you just miss say a word and you're something you want to work on. Go ahead and do it. It's easy enough because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's absolutely awesome. Go ahead and check it out. I mean, getting to know yourself, it's something that can be a lifelong process. You want to get started so you can start on that lifelong process. And we're always growing and changing and learning new things about ourselves and how we tackle life. So go ahead and check that out. So check out BetterHelp. They can certainly give you an opportunity to get that started and discover your potential with BetterHelp. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on MLB to start that journey of personal discovery today. All right, let's talk a little bit about some bust out players for the Philadelphia Phillies in this series. And there's a couple guys I'm looking at. The number one guy is uh, Brandon Marsh. Now, when we went through those probable pitchers for the Seattle Mariners, and we're just going to go back to game one here, you got Logan Gilbert in game one, right-handed pitcher. Game two, you're looking at uh, Marco Gonzalez who is a left-handed pitcher. And then in game three of the series, you have the opportunity to face off against who we just talked about, uh, George Kirby, another right-handed pitcher. So two righties and a lefty. It's a nice balance for Marsh. He gets two games against pitchers he's comfortable with. I really want to see him bat against the lefty. But here's the thing with Marco Gonzalez and the chances of Brandon Marsh hitting off of him. I think he should play every day in center field and be your guy that's out there regardless. That being said, Christian Pache, don't shoot the messenger on this. I'm reading you numbers. Christian Pache's batting three hundred. Christian Pache's a guy that hit a home run this past series. He's a guy that seems to be figuring some stuff out. Uh, this is not me advocating Christian Pache to play. I would prefer Brandon Marsh to be out there. I would not be surprised, however, if in the second game of the series, if tomorrow on Wednesday, you see Christian Pache in center field rather than Brandon Marsh because it's a lefty and uh, you want to give Marsh a day off even though they just had a day. I, I don't know. I'm just bringing up the possibility that Marsh isn't playing every game of this series because of the lefty on the mound in game two. If he does play, that gives you an opportunity to see him hit against the lefty who's been throwing very well this year in Marco Gonzalez. But even if he doesn't and he gets two games against righties, we get an opportunity to see him continue his hot streak at the plate. I know the early season conversation was all about Brandon Marsh, right? Or Brandon Marsh. Bryson Stott, right? Because he had that hitting streak and he set the new Phillies uh record to start a season with 17 games, straight hit in. And he's really good. Bryson Stott's amazing. Like he had a great series against uh the why am I blanking on who they just played? It's gonna come to me. Really? You're gonna forget the team they literally just the Colorado Rockies. Thank you. Oh my goodness. How did I forget about? Seeing a little brain fart early on in the week. That's what happens with the off day. The off day throws me off. I'm used to being quick in succession when the Phillies play succession. Anyway, Bryce decided on a nice series against Colorado. He's still playing very well. But it kind of feels like Marsh has overtaken him a little bit as the, uh, the golden child of the Phillies daycare. Now, Marsh hasn't shown off the power as much as well, I, I guess, do they both have two home runs on the year? Let me go ahead and look up the uh, the stats here so I can go ahead and see for the Philadelphia Phillies who their home run leaders are. I believe they might both have two. I know Stott definitely has two. I'm not sure if Marsh has two or three. Uh, so that would, I guess, make Marsh the better power hitter anyway. Let's go ahead and go to home runs. Oh, Marsh has four. He's second on the team in all run. Never mind. Throw out that talking point because Bryson's not as too. Marsh has shown a little bit of the power. He's only one behind Kyle Schwarber. If he's going to hit four home runs and bat 364 and lead the team in average and show a little bit of pop and play strong defense, I mean, this guy should be an absolutely everyday center fielder. And that's how I feel. I'm just bringing up whether or not Christian Pache might get an opportunity because he's played well as well. But my bust-out guy, I'm still looking at Brandon Marsh. How long can he continue this hot streak for? Got an opportunity against two right-handed pitchers and maybe a lefty depending on how game two gets set up. Great opportunity for him. Speaking of guys ready to break out and guys that have been showing some pop this year, well, we knew Kyle Schwarber had it. Two righties in the series, a chance for him to maybe add to some home runs there. The lefty bats are the ones I'm really watching and Bryson's thought to continue. I look at this team and I say, they're, they feel like they're on the verge of breaking out to me. And part of the fact that plays into that is looking at what the Mariners have done recently. So I want to transition to this real quick. The Mariners just went and played the Cardinals, and they took two or three. But prior to that two or three series with the Cardinals, they'd gotten swept by the Brewers. Um, they took three of three against the Rockies, but you just saw the Phillies did that. So uh, pretty similar there. I mean, they lost two or three to the Cubs. They lost uh, one of three to the Guardians. They lost two or three to the Angels. They lost two or three to the Guardians to start the year. Uh, It was a situation for – sorry. They lost three of four to the Guardians to start the year, but it was a situation where you're looking at the Mariners struggling a little bit to start. They also kind of seem like they're coming out of it a little bit. That sweep at the hands of the Brewers is not good, but the Brewers are playing pretty darn well this year. I haven't given them enough credit when I've mentioned them in passing when teams have played them. And the Cardinals, we know, were a playoff team last year and won the National League Central. So uh, the Mariners may be coming out of it, even though in the Cardinals series they scored five runs in their winning game one, five runs in their winning game two, and three runs in their loss in game three. So not exactly an overpowering offensive team. The Brewers series, three runs for the Mariners, five runs for the Mariners, three runs for the Mariners. The wins over the Rockies, one run. Nine runs, that's a little bit better. Five runs. The loss, or the win against the Cubs, five runs. Lost against the Cubs, nine runs. Lost against the Cubs, two runs. Like this team doesn't have the firepower offensively that the Philadelphia Phillies have shown that they're capable of putting up. So if you can get take advantage of their pitchers, you can put yourself in a situation where a six runs should probably win every game in this series, as long as nothing goes crazy. The only question is that Matt Strom start in game three because he's been struggling lately seems like he's coming back down to earth and reminding everyone why he was a reliever to begin with. But the Mariners haven't started off the year all that well. You have an opportunity to beat them. You have an opportunity to take advantage of some pitchers there. And you have a team that if you score six runs, you should be able to handle them in all three games in this series. The Mariners right now, they're four games back in the NL West. They're trailing the uh, Texas Rangers who lead that division. Uh, they're 10 and 12. The Philadelphia Phillies record right now, one game below 500 at 11 and 12. Another series where you're looking at a team that is pretty evenly matched where they're at right now, the trends of the season and everything, record uh, ability with the Philadelphia Phillies. And should the Philadelphia Phillies be matched with the Mariners? No. Are they? Yes. So this is an opportunity to prove that you're not one of those teams in that conversation. And this is no disrespect to Seattle. They're a solid team. Have some good young pieces. I believe they're going to make a push for the playoffs again this year, but they're not on the level of the Phillies, where every other batter is a superstar. You should be able to handle this team, and this is where you start distancing yourself from the middle of the pack. Right now, the Phillies have brought themselves from a rough start of the season to the middle of the pack, looking like, I don't know, the top 15 teams in baseball, the top 20 teams in baseball, instead of being one of those bottom teams. Now, series against Seattle, the series you have coming up against Houston, who struggled to start but uh, just went ahead and had a nice series recently. Um, The Dodgers, the Red Sox, all these teams that are hanging right around 500. These are the teams that you need to show if you're the Philadelphia Phillies that you can hang with, that you can beat, and you can establish yourself as one of the teams that's going to finish the season over 500. So that's the big team goal for this matchup with the Seattle Mariners is prove that you're in a class above them. That's what I want to see. So there you have it, your preview of your series with the Seattle Mariners. It starts tonight, again, 6.40 p.m. first pitch. You can go ahead and check out the game between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, every pitch of the Hometown Broadcast uh, you can listen to on the Sirius XM app. So just go ahead and get the SXM app and uh, search Phillies, and you'll be able to find the game there and be able to listen to it that way. Now, there's a little bit of update on the Bryce Harper injury front, so we're going to discuss this coming up. I told you I'm only going to update you when there's actual updates to be had, and there's a slight one today. So we'll discuss this and uh, use that to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First off, I want to tell you about my friends over here. Oh, my goodness. So rare is awesome. All right. So so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace. that's transforming the way that uh, you handle fantasy baseball and the way you handle baseball cards. And the way you handle being a fan of baseball in general, it's transforming fans into owners. You have officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 major league baseball teams, put your team together. You put together it as like a fantasy lineup, but unlike other fantasy uh, baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. So you collect, you buy, you sell the cards. It's not just like you have these players all season or you have to wait for the waiver wire. No, buy, sell, flip them, do all this stuff to gain an advantage against opponents win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play at all plus the more you win the more you advance the more you advance the higher level competitions you play the higher level competitions you play the better the prizes i mean listen to some of these uh you got option uh options to win so rare scarcity cards to make your team better game tickets that's actual major league baseball games not just like so rare game tickets. no game tickets merchandise signed jerseys vip experiences like meeting mlb stars all that great stuff. Prizes are going to vary depending on competition. So you got to go ahead and uh, work your way up to get to some of those top ones. But it's just it's a great app. It's a great opportunity to win some cool prizes. And it's a fun game to be collecting some of your favorite players, owning those players cards and using them to uh, to win some great stuff. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O as in so R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rarecom slash locked on to start playing today. Okay, so we have a little bit of an update on the Bryce Harper injury front. And no, he's not going to be playing tonight. He's not going to be playing in this series. He's not going to be playing in the next series. So don't think this is, uh, oh, he's back. Wow, way ahead of schedule, this, that, and the other thing. Again, you can see the Phillies take on the Mariners without Bryce Harper tonight 6 40 p.m you can hear every pitch of the hometown broadcast of that on the Sirius xm app just go ahead to the sxm app and uh search phillies and you'll be able to go ahead and find that uh, broadcast there so go ahead and check that out on the serious uh, sxm app so take care of that business don't want to miss a pitch you want to be able to see or hear rather every bit of what's going on with the philadelphia phillies tonight and what should be a fun contest but bryce harper's getting another opinion on his elbow as far as the rehab and exactly what he needs to get cleared to be ready to come back and play. Great news, right? He's working through some stuff and I was asked about this on air on 97.5, the fanatic this morning, and I'll talk to you about it now. uh, As far as this is concerned, I don't think there's any world where this, this next opinion slows down Bryce Harper's progress. I really don't see it as a possibility. The guy's doing everything right. He's handling it. Well, he has not hit a setback knock on wood, and he seems healthy. This seems to be a, I feel good to go. They're telling me I can't slide or play or do all this stuff yet. Let me get a second opinion to see if I can get back quicker. And worst case scenario, I think they'll say he's still on the accelerated path that we know he's on since taking live batting practice and live swings and all this good stuff. And it may be a situation where, now Rob Thompson has already kind of said there's no rehab starts coming for Harper. When he's ready, he'll play. But... If this doctor's next opinion is like, oh, OK, well, you seem close. Let's do the rehab start. Let's put that back on the table. That's a possibility that could certainly happen. But we're going to we're going to get some updated news on Bryce Harper coming soon based on his second opinion with this new doctor, not the elbow doctor who performed, uh, performed the surgery. So we'll see how everything plays out. We'll see how this doctor takes it and how close he is to coming back. And We know he's ahead of schedule. I don't think that's changing. And maybe, just maybe, we'll see him in mid-May, which is, I don't know, two weeks away, three weeks away. They kept him off the 60-day injured list because May 29th would have been the deadline. They would have come back from after. So he would have had to come back, how many days are in May? 30 plus? 30 days out of September, April, June, and November. So May has 31 days. So the third to last day of May. Uh, was the option. He would have had to come back on the second to last day, the 30th. But now he can come back sooner. So there's a possibility we're looking at the second week of May, the third week of May. I just wanted to update you that we're going to get some new Bryce Harper information. Get some new Bryce Harper information. Yeah, I said that right. That sounded weird when it came out. We're going to get it coming up in the next, I don't know, a week maybe. And uh, I'll have my reaction to that when we hear it. And that'll give us a good idea of when we can expect him back. But I'm imagining the next update from Bryce Harper will be a big one. But it won't be from him. It will be the training staff and the, uh, the doctors and everything. But it will most likely be, in my mind, I'm not reporting anything, but in my mind it will most likely be a really good timeline of when he's going to be available to play baseball for the Philadelphia Phillies. That seems to be the only step remaining. So hopefully we get that soon. Hopefully the timeline is short. And hopefully number three is back out there to help push these Phillies even further above 500 than where I think they can get in this series with the Seattle Mariners. So there's your little Bryce Harper update on a Tuesday, a fun one to go ahead and uh, tell you to keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, That's all for today's Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for making Locked on Phillies uh, your first listen every day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So go ahead and continue to check us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. I really appreciate it. Tomorrow we're going to be recapping what went on in game one of the series, and we're going to be talking about a little bit of a look ahead uh, as to the NL East again, just a little peek in on the NL East to see what's going on uh, with what we talked about last week. So some fun stuff still to come this week on Locked on Phillies. Don't miss it, and I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.